Please join me. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this day from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text today does come to us from our Old Testament lesson. Do you ever have a moment where you just sit and think? Times when you can just reflect on things past. Truthfully, right now, you might have more of those moments than you normally do. Not that you're less busy, but you're not able to travel, you're not able to go as far, see as many people. So for me personally, I found myself doing that a lot more. Have you? Do you? What is it you think about? What are you reflecting on? Maybe you go way back, some of you further than others, back to the days when you were in high school and you were the star athlete. Maybe you think about the times you had a game-winning touchdown, a game-winning basket or goal. The time when you were the star of the play or had a solo in the concert. Maybe you think back to your college days and the joys that you had in going through the school. Maybe you think of your first job or your second job or your third job. But I hope at some point you have a little bit of a smile on your face as you think about where God has brought you to this place now. How he's not left you, never forsaken you, and has been with you through every valley, every time you worried, every time you were upset, you knew that he was with you. At the same time, Sometimes it's easy to get stuck on the negative things as well. Some things that we wish we could take back. Some things that we wish we wouldn't have said. Things that we didn't do. Things that we're not proud of. But by the grace of God, we are still here. King David today is having a moment of reflection. He's offering prayer and praise to God because God just told him that he is going to have somebody on his throne forever. A son, grandsons, future generations. His kingdom will not end. As David is thinking about this, he is reflecting on how God has always been with him. Now, it doesn't tell us all about what he was thinking about, but it makes me wonder. I bet a big smile comes across his face as he thinks back to the day when he was called to be king. How everybody in Bethlehem was surprised to see a a judge, a priest, by the name of Samuel come into the town. Why would he be somewhere like Bethlehem? This is an individual who is usually the advisor to the king. But he is coming to give an offering in Bethlehem. But then he goes to Jesse's house of all people. He's from the lineage of Ruth, an outsider. Why would he want to talk to this particular house? But then he says it. Your son, Jesse, is going to be king. No, not him, not the oldest, 
Nope, not the next one either. And he goes down the line until finally he gets to David. But at first, David isn't there. He says, Jesse, don't you have any other sons? He says, well, uh, I have one last boy, but he's a boy, a child. He's in the field tending the sheep. Can you imagine that picture? The one that would be mighty, king. The one who's known for chasing after God's own hearts out in the field, looking after sheep. But they found him, anointed him, and made him the future king. Absolutely amazing, right? But this is what gets really good. This is when things are absolutely going to change. It says that the spirit of the Lord came upon him. You see, everything that happens to David is wonderful, right? For the most part. But it's not just because of David's good looks or his athletic ability or that he has all the talents in the world. It has absolutely nothing to do with the fact that he is a great musician. But it has everything to do with God choosing David and placing his spirit upon him. But of course, you think we have to wait, right? This is just a little boy. We have to wait for God to do something mighty for David. But in walks the story of Goliath. It shows God doesn't need to wait. For David is going to do what God has called him to do by God's strength. This really is a mighty work of God. Could you imagine being in the situation of Israel, one of the soldiers, standing and watching as this great big giant over nine feet tall, I'm six feet, three feet higher than me, comes walking out day after day. Who dare challenges me with his booming voice sailing over the heads of everybody, causing them to quake in fear. This individual likely had armor, as many would say, to be weighed over 150 pounds. Just the spearhead, the head itself, 15 pounds. Some of you I know are bowlers, and you would throw a 15-pound ball down the lane, but you're rolling that. Imagine thrusting the spearhead 15 pounds, and of course attached to that has to be something long enough thick enough and big enough to support this spearhead. Imagine this big giant of an individual with blood stains on the shield and on the spear coming out to challenge you. Come, fight. If I win, says Goliath, you have to be our servants. But if you win, you could almost hear him laughing maniacally. If you win, we'll be your servants. And throughout this whole time, he's cursing Israel, cursing the name of the Lord. And see, this is what David can't believe. As he comes to the lines to visit his brother, he can't believe it. Not that Goliath is saying it, but he can't believe that there isn't a soldier among them who would stand up for the name of the Lord. Saul hears about this. And he asks for David, bring David to me. He says, David, you can't do this. This is 
is a mighty soldier. This is somebody that has been trained since he was a little boy to fight. He has killed many people. You are just a little boy. You cannot win. What is David saying? He says to Saul, to the king, I'm a shepherd. I'll fight the bears. I'll fight off the lions. I would do all of those things because the Lord was with me. The same thing is going to happen when I come and fight against Goliath. The Lord is going to be with me. And just like that, he goes out into battle with just the sling. And it only takes one shot as he buries it right between the eyes of Goliath. And he falls down and he falls hard. The battle is over with one swing of the sword. It's over. David won. Or better yet, God won. This is going to be the truth of David's reign. Whenever there is going to be a victory, it was God's victory. I want you to think about this right now as we are in our time of isolation. There's a lot to think about. Things that we wish we could change. Things that maybe we wish we could do over. Things we're guilty of. Mistakes. Regrets, like we talked about last week. Things that we wish we could amend. You know what's on your heart right now. You know what's there. And at the same time as you're reflecting about the past, maybe you're also then going to wander into our present state. How things seem to be very unsteady. The likelihood of us getting through this soon rather than later keeps getting pushed back. Not able to see the people that you want to see or be where you want to be. It's hard. It's discouraging. It's a battle. And we get tired. And maybe this causes us to, to focus in on the future. The future maybe seems to change a little bit for us. It's not like we used to think of it. All hopes and dreams. But now we're wondering what the future is going to look like from this point on. How much is this really going to change us? What's going to happen tomorrow with regards to my job? What's going to happen tomorrow with regards to my money? What's going to happen with my health? How do we fight this battle when perhaps it seems so lost? Well, the good thing is, it's not a battle that we have to fight alone. In fact, it's not a battle that we fight alone at all. In fact, it's a battle that God fights for us. That's why Jesus came. And that's why he came the way that he did. Jesus came to reign as king. No, not the kind of king to sit in a house or on a throne in Jerusalem. 
He didn't come to face people like the mighty Goliaths or the Romans or the Greeks. He came to fight something far more important, something that would plague all of humankind. He came to defeat sin, death, and the power of the devil. And what amazing thing it was, we saw it in our gospel lesson, as all those leaders of the synagogue talk about a giant situation, we're really trying to team up against Jesus. We need to find a way to end it. And they thought they won as this little runt from Nazareth was put on the cross. But little did they realize that this is how Jesus was going to win. This is how Jesus was going to become victorious. He died, but he didn't stay dead. No doubt the dark forces, the evil one, those of the synagogue thought they'd won. That stone would be rolled away. Jesus was alive. And that victory isn't just for him. It's a victory that he gives to you today, tomorrow. And days to come. It's the kind of victory that says of your past, it's gone. It's wiped away. I don't hold your sins over your head any longer. I have made you my child. You are mine. It's the kind of victory that he says to us in the present time. I know it's hard, but you're not fighting by yourself. You're fighting with me for heaven's I already declared to you in the book of Matthew, I will be with you always to the end of the age. It's the kind of victory that gives us hope for the future. That no matter what we go through, we have already won. Consider this for just a moment. Though God certainly cares about us here and now and what we go through, he has already taken care of you Eternally. You may have to go without your job. But in Jesus, you'll always have a purpose. You may be short on money. But in Jesus, you have something far more valuable than anything this world could give you. And it may be that you lose your health or your life. But in Jesus, you already have life that surpasses this world now and on to eternity where we will get to reign, party, have dinner with, feast with all the saints that have gone before us. We are well taken care of because Jesus has already given us the victory. No, it doesn't mean that everything's going to go our way. But what does it mean? It means every day when we wake up, Everything that we approach, we approach it in victory because that's what we have. We have victory today in Jesus. And that's all we need. So when you have the moment today and you're reflecting and you're thinking, I pray that you reflect on the promise of Jesus. For there you have everything you could ever ask for and more. To the glory of God the Father, through Jesus, sanctified by the Holy Spirit.
all God's people saying, Amen.